Hello and welcome everyone to Current Events, the podcast about what two random guys on the internet are watching on television. And right now that is season two of Star Trek Discovery. Tonight we're going to be talking about episode two, uh, which the title of which escapes me. I guess I didn't New write Eden. it down. New Eden. <laughs> New Eden, that's right. Yeah, well, that's appropriate. Yes. And... Um, Okay, so uh, first let's start off with the all-important IMDb recap. Okay, uh, a 7.8 rating, odd because I'm, anyway, I'm not sure I agree with it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> a new signal brings discovery to a distant planet, Terralisium, that is inhabited by the descendants of human survivors of World War III, which was fought on Earth 200 years earlier. Ooh, so, so, so telling, so... Uh, so yeah, they're putting so a date of twenty what 2053 for World War III. I think they yep. may be a little late. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they have more, they have a little more optimistic than we. Yeah, are. exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, I should probably mention that I'm Jake McMillan, and you are my good friend Mike Slocum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because just because that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to get fired from this job. I tell you, I, I <laughs> yeah, never yeah, get they're this gonna opening cut your right. Salary to zero. Oh wait. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I thought it was a good episode, and it definitely, uh, along with the first episode, sets the course for the season, so we kind of know what we're dealing with here. Yep, yep. Um, we had an appearance of Arthur C. Clarke's law, which mm -hmm. is that uh, any technology sufficiently advanced appears to be magic, uh, which I think there is uh, a law in the books where every science fiction story has to reference Clark's law yes. at least once. At least so, once uh, somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we know from the previous episode that uh, Burnham saw what looked like a red angel or a red alien or something like yeah. that. Call it a red angel because that's what they're going to call it. So. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we saw that uh, in tonight's episode on the uh, colored glass of the the church's window. Yes. All right. So let's drop into uh, the beginning of the summary where um, we find out that Spock has actually committed himself to an asylum. Yes, because he was dreaming about the red bursts. Yes. Yeah, and he had drawn the exact location of what they are now seeing uh, months ago yep yep on his little pad that he's had since he was a child which is interesting technological development because it would be sort of like me still using the same computer i had from 40 years ago or yes. <laughs> you know, whatever, right? maybe they have this a little is, bit better upgrade technology yeah <laughs> infinitely upgradable stuff just yeah when you figure out something new it just automatically reconfigures itself yes well that's um, you know with a with um you know transporter technology you probably could <laughs> yeah probably true just sort of just sort of uh, reconfigure the internals to to be yeah. faster or whatever but yeah, yeah i mean if you start going down the transporter technology hole you will never get back <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. uh so burnham uh starts but then fails to tell pike about the angel that she saw the red angel that she saw yep yep and then another burst happens and it uh, try, is trying to pull them across the universe, uh, I mean, the galaxy, into the Beta Quadrant. Yes, or that's where it, yeah, it's, it's, which is weird. It's like, once more onto the bridge in chaos. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Another signal. So, yes, yes, the Beta Quadrant, very cool. Yeah. Back to the and, spore drive. And um, so the, normally the show takes place in the Alpha Quadrant, right? Yes. 
Okay. Okay. And uh, so they're going, you know, halfway across the Well, 150, 150 light years? Was that? No, it was more than that it, because it was 150 years. 150 years to get yes, there, yes, like, at yeah, maximum so. warp. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like, our great-grandkids will <laughs> get there in time to help maybe. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's a good line here. They do suggest the spore drive, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a very quick uh, discussion about how Stamets injected himself with tardigrade DNA, mm -hmm. and uh, and Captain Pike says oh. tardigrade. <laughs> so Rue says, "I guess you had to be there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they decide they're going to use the spore drive and. Um, yeah, Stamets is a little a little hesitant about yeah, that. Yeah, this gets Tilly excited, right? Yeah. And uh, and gets Stamets uh, uh, very unhappy because he had once seen uh, Hugh in the network, and he knows that nothing is ever gotten rid of. Yep, yep. So so he's I don't know if he's worried that he will see Hugh or worried that he won't. Yeah, well, it's an emotional roller coaster for him either way. It's like mm -hmm. you know he's. He's suddenly getting, you know, seeing or, you know, imagining, hallucinating, whatever, you know, his former partner. And it just it's got to be emotionally, you know, rough mm -hmm. either way. Um, so it's like, yeah, why put yourself through that torture? But <laughs> Pike goes, okay, are we ready? <laughs> yeah. So and, and so he goes in there and then uh, Pike has uh, – <laughs> I think it's Saru who says, are you sure you're ready for this? Or, you know, and, and, and Pike says, if you're telling me this ship can skip across the galaxy on a bed of mushrooms, I kind of have to take that on faith. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, nice writing. Um, yes. And so they do a jump. They go to a black alert. And when we come back, we get a whoa from Pike. <laughs> yeah, like, you never <laughs> forget said, your first You time. never forget <laughs> your first. <laughs> but Stamets leaves the drive upset. And does not want to talk to Tilly. Yep, yep. So we don't know if he saw Hugh or he didn't, and I guess we'll find out later. Mm -hmm. But, you know, either way, he was going to be upset when he left. Yeah. Um, but they get uh, to this planet, and they find out that people have, humans from Earth, Earthlings, mm -hmm. have been on this planet for 200 years, which is previous to warp. Yes, they Technology. have no idea how they got there. How There's no way say? for them to get there. That's yes. right. But it also invokes global, no, what is it, General Order 1. General Order 1, yes. Right, which is what I think they used to call the Prime Directive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, or maybe yeah. they call it the Prime, they, they used to call it the Prime Directive. It might be that it's General Order 1 now, and then it becomes the Prime Directive. That would be chronologically correct. Yes. yes. So anyway, they're calling it General Order 1. Um. So they uh, suit up. Oh yeah. So basically, yeah, there's 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 no there, there's no red 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 burst again. They get there and it's like <laughs> Pike is like two for two, losing these things. Um, yeah, because I mean it's fairly obvious at this point the burst simply leads them someplace and then disappears once they get there. Yep. So that they can do something. But right. yeah, they they apparently the, the humans on the planet have been have, have a distress call going. Um, although they the the uh, Discovery crew can't figure out how because they have no technology, right? Um, uh, and but they do determine that it's been on a two hundred year loop, um, yeah, and is degrading <laughs> a little bit. That tape is getting a little worn. Yeah, <laughs> the eight track is That's clunking right. over. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so... Uh, uh, okay, so they, yeah, Pike has uh, oh, a great line in there. It's like someone want to tell me how they got here. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's of course the big mystery. We don't know how they got there. Yeah. Um, but then we cut to the uh, shuttle bay where Tilly is desperately studying the asteroid that they captured because she believes it might uh, provide a way. The material might provide a way to interface with the mycelial network so that they don't have to make Stamets do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, she's and, playing with uh, a rock, and Hit plays back a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So she uh, she takes a chunk of the rock uh, oh. into a container, and then gets zapped and thrown across the the shuttle bay, uh, and is unconscious at the yeah. end of that. Yeah, um, it was it was not a happy rock. <laughs> Do not taunt. Right? Happy, yeah, it was very strange. Ball. Right? <laughs> uh, it was like a small piece of it fell off and was enough to crush the metal tray. Uh, you know that was next mm-hmm. to her, yep. right? So it's 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 gravity is is much much denser than its mass would yes. would give yeah. So um, the oh. then they the uh, away team arrives in an Amish community basically yeah <laughs> it's like, drops into the church um, multiple except that this church has is sort of a church to all Earth religions yeah yep which is very interesting. And uh, in one of the windows is depicted the red alien, yes. the red angel, the red angel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's now we're now we're starting to get the connection. Now we're starting to get yeah. Now starting yeah. to get interesting. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. and they they think okay the signal they think they've localized the signal to the basement, which mm-hmm. is okay. You know. That's, um, uh, yeah. And they 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 talk to the leader of the of the community, mm-hmm. and she tells them that uh, they were about to die about to be wiped out during World War III, that jets overhead were dropping nuclear bombs. Soldiers had quartered inside the church, and the next thing they knew, a miracle occurred. Yes. And, of course, this is not them, but their their uh, antecedents. Yes, exactly. But and, they had, but apparently they had a camera that was attached to a soldier's helmet. Um, right. And that, that they believe recorded it, but I don't know. It's not clear to me whether they've actually seen the recording or whether... Um, no, they have not. Yeah, uh, because, because it was they, damaged. Yeah, they are technically they are technologically aware, but they are not technologically proficient. Yes, and of course they're only aware of technology that existed, say, two hundred years ago. And even then, it would be kind of like um, something past the way we're aware of, you know, like uh, muskets. Yes, right. It's yep. like we've heard about them, but we don't have any you know, direct experience with muskets right? mm-hmm. because that technology is 200 years old. Yep. So, um, but yeah, uh, so they've, um, they've, they've sort of regressed a little bit. Um, they've lost their, their ability to, to, to deal with, you know, the tech, any technology that, I mean, they just don't have that capacity more interesting, you know, statement on, yeah, it's well. It's interesting because what she says, what the leader says, is that they were delivered by a red angel, mm-hmm. right? yeah. and but the angel didn't come in anyone's name. Yeah, and therefore they didn't know who to thank. So they created a patchwork religion out of all of Earth's religions yes. in order to make sure that they were thanking the Some correct <laughs> super being, right? Yes, you know? yes. And of course, over the generations, uh, they've. They've lost a lot of knowledge about Earth, and they've lost their knowledge of technology. Mm-hmm. They, for instance, the lights have gone out 
in their church and no one comes to visit it anymore. They used to make pilgrimages to mm-hmm. it because it was the thing that they were in, that their ancestors were in right yep. when they were transported to New Eden. And yep. so they can't even fix the lights. They yes. just don't they don't know how it works. Yep. Um but yeah, so um I guess we we cut back to, to Enterprise and Tilly's getting upbraided by Saru for for putting herself on the on the line. Um uh um you know, playing with her rock. Uh, Saru yeah. you know, basically comes out there. She has good intentions. She's trying to help Stamets create an interface, but you know, it's like, look, you're the youngest Starfleet, you know, candidate. Ensign admitted to you know officer training or something. You know, don't blow this. Um, yeah, a, and but also, I think the the most important takeaway from that scene is how much Saru cares for Tilly. Yes. Yep. Right. And his uh, he he's worried about her because she is very young. And but she's also very gifted uh, scientifically, mm-hmm. and she lacks impulse control. Yes, <laughs> you know. And he's trying to put it to her that you know she needs to run her ideas by someone before she tries something. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So anyway, so she uh, she wakes up in the med bay, and Saru gives a interesting speech where it turns out he's the only Kelpian in Starfleet. Yes. Yep. And uh, and then there's a funny exchange between them. He says, "You know, I was so worried about proving myself that I learned 93 different languages." <laughs> and she she says fluently. <laughs> this look like you know, <laughs> don't push it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and of course, now comes the reason that the red burst called the discovery to this yes. planet, and that is that the that there is some sort of event taking place in the outer ring of debris around New Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to unleash uh, a holy hell of radiation yes. in 64 minutes. Yes, it's basically some sort of extinction-level event causing a nuclear yes. winter. Now, it's not clear how exactly radiation radiation would cause a nuclear winter, but, you know, they're mixing their metaphors a little bit here. Um, yeah, that was interesting because, I mean, the reason that nuclear war causes it is because it lifts so much ash into the mm-hmm. into the air that it that it blocks the you know the yeah. sun and that yeah it's not radiation it's not, it's not the radiation, radiation. yes yes so the explosions you we've had nuclear winters here before before we were around yeah uh, they were caused by volcanoes yeah exactly and in one when apparently all of siberia burned at once yes yep um but again, you know, we don't ask too much from our, our science fiction yeah. television. We just want to be entertained. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the disaster. They they need to they need to fix right. it. So yeah. So now we have a problem because the radiation is interfering with communications, and they can't transport, and they also can't use the shuttle. Mm-hmm. So they don't have any way to get down there. They don't have any way to tell the away team that there's yep. a problem and they don't have any way to get anybody off of the planet so they're kind of screwed at this point yeah so uh, yeah so we they're there now go they go into problem solving mode which is a, a classic for this this series they yes. seem to set the stage and then everyone breaks apart does problem solving comes back and someone has a solution they all work together to accomplish it which yep. is just a great message for people watching this show, right? It's, <laughs> yes. it's, it, if this is how success happens, you know, yes. yeah, it's so, not not one person, you know, yes. not not a superhero going out and you know collecting all the rocks and pushing them up into space. It's you know, yeah. And I was trying to think, and I I really think that it kind of uh, it really kind of came down the original series to. Uh, it didn't come down to Kirk. 
You know, mm-hmm. he, he it, the only time it came down to Kirk was when he needed to come up with a tactical solution to a yeah. difficult, uh, you know, problem. Whereas if it was a scientific problem, then it came down to either uh, Scotty or Spock, right? If it was a medical emergency, then it was it was Bones, right? So you really basically have four voices running the entire ship, yep. and that's begun to expand a little bit. And that's I think that's a lot more realistic, you know, mm-hmm. just from the business we're in. This is pretty much how this happens, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they can't use the shuttles. They don't know what to do. Now we cut back to the away team, and mm-hmm. um, you know they don't know that yeah. anything is 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 going on, and so they're still trying to f- solve the the mystery of how these people got here. Yep. And they are told about this camera on a helmet down in that church basement. Yep. And we get the we get the big ethical dilemma. Pike, you know, Michael Burnham really wants to save these people and Pike really, you know, says, "Look, we have to we have to respect General Order 1. We can't, you know, we these people uh, we can't interfere with their progress." And um uh but they've discovered that someone was tending the beacon um because they discovered in the basement and it's still actually running. Yeah, and that's interesting. Uh, but also, I just really had a problem with um, this this implementation or this interpretation of General Order One. Yep. These are Earthlings, mm-hmm. right? This would be like saying, okay, well, you know, these people survived a shipwreck living on this island, mm-hmm. but they've been there for a long time, so we're not going to save them. Yes. Right. We're just going to have to let them catch up to us technologically by starting their own race. You know, mm-hmm. it just didn't make any sense to me. It's like these yep. are these are castaways. You need to go get them. Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's an it's it's one could maybe try to draw an analogy with like the cargo cults where you know there were you know, humans on islands, but technology came and completely upended their civilization. Um, oh no, I understand, but I'm just yeah. saying that these are people from a technological society who yeah. just basically been abandoned and need to be saved. I, that was my my interpretation of this was General Order One did not apply. Yep, and that's what Michael Burnham's arguing for. And and as we all know, I studied law at Starfleet, so yes, uh, <laughs> so clearly, Academy, yes, <laughs> intergalactic law. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so they so. But then uh, it turns out that uh, Jacob uh, yes. has been he, – he came from a family of scientists, and they've passed down what they could. Yep. Uh, over the 200 years, he's been tending to the beacon, and he's been doing things, whatever he can. But he also believes that they are – came here on a starship, and you know, yep. they just know – you know. And so they keep doing the – the the no we're from France you yeah know, that's France, right it's a small right? town in France <laughs> we're from France uh, and he's just like laughably ahead of them it's yeah, it's, it's, like, it's it's so funny no I don't believe you you're not you came here in a ship yeah, and you're I'm not from the north yeah. and uh, all this sort of stuff so it's it's kind of funny but then they're like um, we can't we can't do this we got to go so they start to leave and he actually drops a flashbang flash bang. I know where did he get the flashbang like <laughs> from the maybe, soldier right the soldier, so it's been passed yeah. down that. Flashbang grenade was made so well <laughs> that it sat there and didn't degrade over 200 years and worked the first time he pulled the pen. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and didn't kill anybody or burn down the church. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Yeah. So and they still won't break cover. So it's you know. Right. Yeah. So then they're then he leaves them locked in in the basement, but that's easy for them to get out. So they they get out. Yep. And they go in to confront him. He has all of their tech with him, and uh, he's showing it to the high priestess lady, and she's just confused. She doesn't know what any of it is. And they immediately try to explain it all the way, and Jacob's like, no, 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 and and everything. And this all gets interrupted when a little girl grabs up a phaser and pulls the trigger. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It does something. It causes a delayed... Uh, flash. Uh, well, it's the this. the phaser on overload thing. Um, yeah, we um and uh, at the same time we're cutting back and forth between uh, Tilly has found a friend called May. Um, oh right. <laughs> and uh, basically, Tilly May leads her to to the idea of using the asteroid to um to to basically capture the capture the the radioactive debris. It's an interesting exchange, which gets cleared up later. It's like. Tilly says to May, you're a genius. And May turns around and says, no, you're the genius. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting because it was like, I was like, who is this character? Yeah. Right? I mean, she seems to know Tilly very well. And Tilly's interacting with her quite a bit. But I don't think we've ever seen her before. Right? We have. So I was a little bit confused, right? So yes. we have to find out later. She's not even, yeah, she doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah. She's probably a projection of the red uh, the red burst or, burst or something yep. burst. Yep. yeah but it's funny you know tilly bursts onto the bridge in her hospital gown um, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes with a you know a yet another harebrained idea um yes. basically you're going to do a donut in a starship <laughs> somebody who says it yeah. does somebody saru says but there's no way to pilot that oh no it's the pilot says i can't i can't fly us through that debris field right and uh, but Stamets, Stamets says, I can. I can, yep. yep. <laughs> so yep. whatever happened to him, uh, the last time he jumped, he seems ready to, to help. So he, you know, they send him running down to the spore drive. Yep. And yeah. the idea being that they're going to drop in the middle of this radioactive debris, mm-hmm. do a donut, fling <laughs> the asteroid that they captured out the back door, yep. and have its weird gravity pull everything out of the way. Yes, we get a great line from the pilot too. It's just something that there's some. I think um, Saru says, "Can you handle this?" And she says, "I've had my pilot's license since I was 11." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So she's uh, so she's uh, she's excited. Everybody's ready to go. Um, but uh, by this time. Um, Okay, let's see. Where are we? Yeah, so, so they, it captures the ring debris, and the bridge erupts in cheers, and everybody's clapping, and it's all, yay, we did it. Um, and then they beam the away team back, um, you know, after, of course, Pike has fallen on the phaser on overload. Yeah, that um, was the that was the, the part that I, I jumped to, was the yeah. fact that he uh, he must have turned it off, and it, it discharged whatever it had built up. Yep. Uh, and so it, it sort of wounded him uh, mm-hmm. badly, and he yes. was dying. So they, and then Burnham has a great line, right? She goes, we need to get back to the church uh, in case there's a second deliverance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just really quick thinking, right? Yep. And, of course, everybody there is like, yes, that's a great idea because it worked once, 200 years ago. Yeah, that's and right. And so they run back to the church, and um, the, the crew, uh, the away team, lock them out. Yep. Long enough to be to be uh, uh, beamed up, but Jacob opens the door right. in time to see them disappear in a beam of light. Yes, yep, yeah. 
And yeah. so we, we, we do watch, uh, so we did, we did get to see kind of a weird thing where the, 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 the discovery has the asteroid tethered to the back uh, like a like a, a tin a, can on yep. a, on a rope you know, with, a, with a tractor around. beam or something yeah, yeah swinging it Dragging, around collecting all this debris and then flying off to to, to take it away from the the, the planet yes um, so very reminiscent was, of Galaxy Quest when he yes. flies through the minefield yes, and exactly. drags them all along with you him. fail to realize is I'm dragging mines. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, of course, the religious people believe it's a miracle, and Jacob believes it's technology because that's Clark's law. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the girl who may, who has been helping Tilly, calls her Stilly. Yes. And Stilly said, and Tilly says, "Wait, Stilly, what are you?" And then yeah, so she makes the leap. And, yeah. Uh, so, so then we talk to we get a, a discussion between. Um, Wait, when does she look up? Did, does she go look her? I thought she looked her up later. No, no she after the uh, they after they beam the away team back. The uh, you know, um, uh, they they uh, dis, Tilly figures out May and um, okay. uh, yeah. so and they out figure that out that dead. yeah, May's May's mm -hmm. dead, and it was some projection. Um, and uh, and they've uh, Pike has looked through the tapes and saw that the angel saved them. Um, you know, catches that glimpse. Um, just at the very end of the the uh, soldier's helmet, um, and we uh, and then we get Michael Burnham comes back in um, and you know talking to Pike and they have an have an actually a pretty good conversation there. It's a pretty nice scene. Um, Pike is you know much more open than um, the previous captains, uh, uh, yeah. and uh, Michael Burnham comes clean about the Red Angel, um, uh, and um, Pike is actually appears very good about using this information to create like new context um mm -hmm. basically she convinced they have this conversation she convinces pike that the recording that the use that that the need for the recording um oh wait they ha pike hasn't seen the um seen the recording yet um you haven't seen it yet but yet. What, what they're talking about is is the need for context yes and so she basically says don't you think jacob deserves the context for what he saw ah uh, yes yes All right and yep. so that because basically she when she told him about the red angel pike said well that's just adds context to to our oh, mystery right. right yes yes and so she says well don't you think jacob deserves context to his right mm -hmm. and that, that's a really good line uh, but we did skip over an even better line, which is when Pike woke up in the sick bay. Uh, the doctor said, "Your ribs are going to feel like a xylophone in a Klingon marching band." <laughs> yes. So that's pretty nice. Um, so so Pike beams back down and has a frank discussion, explains everything with, to Jacob. Yep. And he then offers to trade him. Uh, a very long-lived power supply for one damaged helmet can. Yep, yep. Right, and and it, it was interesting to me because my thought was if that was if that were me, if I were Jacob, then I would be saying, "Take me with you." Yes, you know, it's like I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go back to science. You know, yep. but he doesn't. He says, "I just needed my knowledge to be validated." Mm -hmm. And yep. the knowledge of my forebears to be validated, and so 
that was really nice that was that was really good yep. and so the last thing we see of jacob is he's plugging in well of course first he gets to watch pike beam up which yep. is nice and then he plugs in the the wire to the power supply and the church lights up yep. which i thought was a very nice touch very sort of got you in the throat kind of moment because yep. now it's like the, and now they you know now they their their faith sort of has been validated and the people you know they were mm-hmm. um you know They've got the. They can go back to their, their pilgrimages and their, their. Uh, um, yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting because um, they don't seem to have anything that would be necessary to enter into uh, an industrial revolution. Yep. Right. So th- they may just never, never leap. Yep. Right, a lot. There were lots of of uh, societies on Earth that never leapt mm-hmm. into the te- into technology. You know, they just didn't need it. Yeah, I'm and, sure. and this I'm is not sure we needed it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a very it's a very interesting situation. It's like you know, mm-hmm. they're fine. They're you know, there's there's mm-hmm. there's they're not having any wars. You know, there's enough. I mean, right now, I mean, they're in that golden age of there's enough resources for everybody and. Um, you know, they they live in a place where it's not so uh, um, uh, the environment is not so draconian that they need that they have to struggle, uh, and so you know it's one of those sort of idyllic you know um, you know living on an island or you know Native Americans who survived you know thousands and thousands of years without needing technology because they just you know didn't they didn't have the the population density to uh, require you know having to deal with yeah I, I don't problems. know I've thought about this question about why Europeans did that and the Chinese did not make mm-hmm. the leap into industrialism uh, and why Native Americans and uh, you know then I, I turned the question around because I was looking at it and I was thinking the Native American the indigenous peoples of the Americas were so incredibly successful mm-hmm. right without ever leaving the Stone Age without yep. ever having beasts of burden, right? Mm-hmm. No horses, right? No cows, yep. no domesticated animals. Well, I mean, they had domesticated animals and such, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? No, like that. They were so successful that they didn't need it. Yep. So what was it about European society that caused them to need to have constant technological innovation starting in about, well, I guess the Renaissance, Yeah. right? Yeah, and I've never, I've never been able to answer it. I, I, sometimes I think it's capitalism. You know, it's competition causes innovation. Yeah, competition or pop or population density, where you know you you get to a point where you need you need a way to produce more resources or to you know mm-hmm. be able to cultivate more crops or feed more people or you know it could be that it was a population explosion it's really hard to say but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing you know it's like who knows other civilizations on other worlds may you know they may never get to a technology yeah uh, because they just don't need to um yeah exactly i mean there's you know there's there's a you could kind of make the argument that like we haven't I mean, <laughs> you could almost make the argument that, you know, we haven't really accomplished anything with technology, right? In yeah. the sense that, well, we cured these diseases. Well, guess what? We gave rise to even more dangerous diseases. Right? Yes. Yep. And, well, you know, we can feed more people. Well, guess what? We have to feed a lot more, more people, people now, yep. right? 
And, you know, and so it's like, well, it's definitely a two-edged sword. And the question is, are we ever really, we're never going to get ahead of the curve. So yep. does anybody really need it? You know, yeah. so it's, 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 yeah, I mean, no, it's an interesting it. conundrum. And of course, Star yeah. Trek posits the, yes, you can get ahead of the curve. Um, right. Eventually you can, you can create so much technology that it's so powerful that you can create a post-scarcity society, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, which is cool. But I mean, if you look around today, you know, it, our problem isn't scarcity. Yeah, it's 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 hoarding. Yeah, it's distribution. We have we have plenty of money. We have plenty of food. It's just that, you know, we have plenty of of places to live. It's just that it's not being distributed well. Right. And so you got to fix people before Mm -hmm. you fix society. Technology is not going to do that. Yep. You know, and so, you know, maybe World War Three in the Star Trek universe is the thing that you know we had to get through in order to fix people yep, yep. right and and then to to, to mo- keep moving forward yeah, I don't well know. it seems like that's you know that world war three certainly prior to that people weren't fixed um uh, right i don't know did i i don't know if the original series ever talked about world war three they didn't it was if you remember there was tng did um tng did and the original series talked about the eugenics wars i mean that's where con right. came from that's right. Um, that's right and uh that i think there was a, a several you know decades or centuries of strife um mm-hmm. in the human you know in the human condition um before they got past it uh to their um you know to their yeah, current i don't know how there's time for that though because if they just they just set the date Mm-hmm. Of World War Three at twenty fifty three. Yep. Right. So that's two hundred years afterwards that they've got to fix people, invent all this technology, find all of these alien races, create mm-hmm. Starfleet, create. I mean, that's just a lot. Of, that's not a lot of time. Yep. I well, yeah. I mean, you know, there. You know, there's. One one could you know if you put it in if if a if a science fiction writer had this premise it would be over um, millennia that mm-hmm. this happened uh, as opposed to over centuries. Um, but yeah, they, and you could I I would think that if World War Three were the epiphany mm-hmm. that that caused people to realize that society is important and it's more important than capital people mm-hmm. are more important than capital, right? Then you would have 200 years of reconstruction from that war. People pulling together, people, you know, creating a society with a with a purpose, right? A world yep. society with a purpose. Then it kind of works out sort of mm-hmm. theoretically, right? But if yep. if we if if World War 3 is just one war and you mm-hmm. know and it doesn't include the eugenics wars then i don't know that there's enough time yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, but yeah so anyway so um the last thing that we see in the show is pike looking at the helmet cam footage mm-hmm. and he sees the red the angel angel yes yeah, and that's so, our that's our hook for the season, as you suspected. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's now it's interesting to me. I don't know if this is something they're going to answer or not, but a mystery to me is why did the red angel, you know, 
decide this group of humans needed to be transported to a whole different quadrant of the, of the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. What was special about them, or was it just, it uh, looks like these people are going to destroy themselves, let's grab some and, and transport them out so that they don't, they don't wipe themselves out completely? Yep. I don't know. It is an interesting conundrum that will get solved. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. All right. Good. Um, In a way yeah. that, that, again, that probably unexpected. Oh, good. Well, that's yes. what we want. Yes. Um, okay. Well, good. Well, uh, okay. So I think we did it. Yes. We, we talked about a television show. This is an accomplishment in modern times. <laughs> So I want to thank everybody for joining us, and we will talk to you next week uh, about uh, Episode 3 of Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. Great. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.